get the opportunity to remind our church that we love to be connected with what's going on in the city and organizations that are going on in the city. And J.D. and Cheryl got together in this idea of Cheryl coming and presenting and talking about Teen Challenge. If you've not got a chance, go check out the board back there. Go look at more information. Meet Cheryl, meet Danielle, meet the girls, and try to build some relationship here because it's a really cool program. And so Cheryl's going to come on up, and she's going to share start the presentation about Teen Challenge. So come on up, Cheryl. Yeah, let's give a round of applause. Good morning, guys. So first, I just want to say thank you for allowing us to come and be a part of your church body this morning and uh, just share about the ministry of Teen Challenge. And you're going to hear some wonderful testimonies from the ladies in our program. And I always like to say, like, there um, is no accident that you're sitting here in a seat this morning. Uh, God has exactly the people here today that he wants to hear these women's testimony, and I know that it's going to speak to your heart. Um, so I am the director um, of our Missoula Women's Campus, and I started in January of last year, so almost a year. Um, I feel very privileged and honored to be a part of this ministry. Um, these ladies hear me say this all the time at itinerations, but I am blessed to be able to go to work and watch God transform people's lives. And I get to see it every day. I get to see God at work every day, sometimes every hour of the day. And um, not everybody gets to have that opportunity. And so I just feel very blessed to be able to do that and to be a part of these women's lives and what God is doing in their lives. Um, I wanted just to read a few statistics um, for you guys. I'm, I'm sure that most of you are aware of the issue that we have with um, drugs right now, especially in our city of Missoula. Meth is just wreaking havoc in people's lives and in families. Um, so 80% of heroin users started with a prescription painkiller. And uh, we have had women in our program that were just stay-at-home moms and then had surgery, got hooked on opioids, and then the doctors wouldn't give them a prescription anymore and went out and found heroin. So addiction doesn't discriminate. It's not just the person that comes from a, a quote-unquote bad family. Um, you know, it's not just the person that's on the street. It's your next-door neighbor. Sorry, guys. Um, it's the mom dropping her kid off at school. It really is, guys. So addiction does not discriminate. It's just when you see it, it's more prevalent. Like we all have sin and something in our lives that we struggle with. Addiction is much more apparent, right? Um, more people died from heroin-related causes than gun homicides in 2016. The CDC estimates that 72,287 people died from, died from overdoses in 2017. We don't have the stats for this last year, but I'm sure it's probably going to be even higher. Um, this is an article out of um, USA Today that I like to quote. So it says, more than 175 Americans will die today of a drug overdose. 
the daily death toll from drug overdoses is like a 737 crashing and killing all the passengers on board. If plane crashes happened like that a few days in a row, we'd shut the skies down until we figured out the problem, said former Mississippi Attorney General Mike Moore. But it's not a plane crash. It's America's opioid epidemic, one that unchecked could claim one million lives by 2020. And when I read that, it was just this incredible visual picture. And isn't it true? If we had planes falling out of the sky like that, we'd be taking a look at it and fixing it right away. Um, here in our state of Montana, one in 10 Montanans is dependent on abusing alcohol or drugs. I'm sure it's higher than that because these are people that are self-reporting. Montana has the highest death rate due to alcohol in the nation. Meth-related violations are up by 500% this last past year. Two-thirds of all foster care placement is related to drug abuse, and meth accounts for half of that. So clearly we have a problem. And I like to say that we don't have an addiction problem. We have a hopelessness problem, because that's what it is. It, it's hopelessness in people's lives. But here at Teen Challenge, our mission is to put hope within reach of every addict. And it's not the hope that the world defines. So the world definition of hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a thing to happen. But I like to stand on the hope that God gives us, what his word tells us. And that hope is that we expect it to happen, and not only expect it to happen, but that we're confident it will happen. There is a moral certainty that the good we expect will be done, because we serve a faithful and sovereign God, and he will complete what he has started in our lives. And that is where our hope lies. Not in the world and what the world tells us. The world looks at the epidemic of addiction and opioid use and says, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But we know the answer. We have the answer. And that answer is Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can heal and transform lives. Period. That's what, that is what saves us, is Jesus Christ. And the women in our program, that is what they know. And that is where their hope is, not in themselves or the world, or what the world tells them, but in the hope of Jesus Christ and what he gives them, and the grace and mercy that he offers and that's new every single day. Um, I have so much admiration and just for the courage that these women have to come into our program. So for those of you that don't know what our program is, it's, it's a 12-month, 24-hour, seven days a week, live-in program. So these women set aside their lives for an entire year. And that's what it takes. Studies tell us that, that it takes about 12 months um, to overcome an addiction, for our brains to, to um, start healing and be able to process normally, for our emotions to start coming back, 
It takes that time. So that is why that one-year mark is so important. But I don't know if you guys could imagine walking away from your life for a whole year. It takes a lot of courage. Not only that, they have to look at everything. They come into our program, and they can't hide. God doesn't let them hide. And he brings it all up, and they have to deal with all of that. And the amount of courage that it takes to do that is tremendous. It is not an easy thing to do. And I just really admire the women in our program. And I, I talk about this. There, we have women in our program that have children that they've left at home, husbands that they've left at home. Um, so just, yeah, I just really admire the women. It's amazing what God does in their lives. And so you guys don't want to hear me stand up here and speak because it's, it, it's not about me. It's not even about Team Challenge. It's about God and what he's doing. And so I want to invite um, Juliet to come on up and share her testimony. So uh, Juliet is going to be completing in, is my mic going in and out? Is that what I'm, I feel like I'm hearing it go in and out, yeah. <laughs> um, but Juliet's going to be completing in, what, six weeks probably? Six, eight weeks, somewhere in there. Um, super, I know she's like, six weeks, Cheryl. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but it's been just an amazing journey that she has been on, and I'm super excited for her to be able to share what God is doing in her life and the hope that she has that he has given her. Hi, I'm Juliet. Um, I'm 24, and I'm from Kalispell. Um, I'm in my 11th month here, and it's just been the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. Um, so I was raised Christian, and um, well, I grew up Lutheran and um, always went to church and knew that that was important. And then I went to Bible camp and accepted Jesus. And I was so excited to live for him, and I loved him. And uh, But when I got to high school, that didn't go very well. Um, I um, My mom was an alcoholic, and that was really hard. So I was always at friends' houses. I didn't go home very much, and I just didn't want to face any of my problems. And that's when I started to smoke pot. And um, that was what consumed me for a couple years, but I convinced myself that that was okay because it was natural or whatever. And, uh, and then um, when I was 16, my mom got diagnosed with cancer, and um, I had started taking her pain medication. Um, she passed away just a few months later, and I didn't want to face the fact that the mom that I hardly got to have a relationship with was gone as soon as I started to get to know her. And um, so when the pain pills ran out, I went looking for more, and that's when I found heroin, and um, it became my best friend right away. Um, I did heroin every day for seven years straight. I always had it. It was the number one priority to me. I did everything days in advance to make sure I was never going to run out, and uh, I thought that I could just do that forever. I was going to school, and I was working for my dad, and I was doing all the things that I was supposed to be doing, but I, like, I was only like 25% there. And um, it was, it's crazy to think that that is as good as I thought that life was going to be for me. I thought, as long as I have heroin, I'll get by. And I just thought that's all life really had. Um, and then um, when, I, uh, when I was 19... 
I got hit by a drunk driver and um, I couldn't walk for two months. I had a bunch of internal injuries and my pelvis was broken in three places. It was like really terrible. Um, I had to withdraw from school because I couldn't go and um, I couldn't work out or do anything that I wanted to do. I was going to school for personal training and physical education and so I just used that as an excuse to um, give up because I couldn't I couldn't do any of those things I wanted to do. I couldn't play hockey, I couldn't snowboard. Like my whole identity was gone when I got in that car accident because everything was based on me being able to be active and um, that was really hard and so I was on a bunch of painkillers and um, when they took me off of those I just dove even deeper into drugs and um, that's when I started doing meth and completely lost myself. Like. I literally completely lost my mind. I quit talking to all my friends and family. I just gambled my whole life away. I, um, it was just terrible. I thought that I was happy. I, I think about it and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that's what I thought happiness was. Um, anyways, it didn't take long for me to lose everything I had and um, uh, my car got seized by the cops and so I had a felony warrant and I ran to California and didn't talk to my family. They put out missing persons reports. They didn't know if I was alive. And um, I lived there in a tent for six months. And all I did was get high and commit crimes to get high. And it was terrible. I was so miserable and hopeless. I completely gave up on life. I completely lost who I was. And I just thought that was the end of the road for me. I thought that's how the rest of my life was going to be. But luckily, God had another plan. And he intervened. And um, he, um, I got arrested and I got extradited back up here and I got out of jail and I was sober for the first time in seven years and my dad had his daughter back and it was so great and, uh, but it was very hard. I had no idea how to be sober. I had no idea who I was. I was just living day by day, just counting the days like, wow, is this what the rest of my life is going to look like? Like it was miserable. All I wanted to do was get high, but I, I wanted to be who I was intended to be and I didn't know how to do that and um, it didn't take more than a few months before I relapsed and went back to jail and my dad's like all right are you ready to go to Teen Challenge now and I was like I guess he'd been trying to get me to go there for a long time and I was like no I'm I'm not giving away a year of my life like don't be ridiculous that's crazy but I knew deep down that God was the answer um, so anyways uh, luckily the doors opened for me to come to Teen Challenge which isn't very easy to do from jail. So that was a miracle in itself. Um, I kept reading uh, Hebrews 12.1 when I was sitting in jail. Um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race marked out for us. Um, I always wanted to run that race and <clears throat> I didn't know how and like Teen Challenge has really given me a way to do that. I just read in my book that that great cloud of witnesses that they talk about. I never really thought that through until I read this the other day, but um, that's everyone. What they mean by that is what everyone that was involved in getting you to running that race. And so I look back at my life and I see every person and every roadblock and everything that God was trying to do to get me back to him. And now every person here that's been involved in my recovery and um, there's just so many people involved, and if, if not to do it for God, to do it for all those people who love me and support me. Um, it's just awesome. But anyway, so I've just been so happy ever since I got to Teen Challenge. Um, 
I've never been around people that were just so awesome and loving, and we just laugh all the time, and I've just really figured out what my identity in Christ is, and um, it's so exciting to be the person that God called me to be. Um, I'm super excited for life, so, <laughs> yeah. So for those of you um, that know that there's a Life Cafe here um, that's come on board, we've partnered with them. And Juliet, if you come have lunch here, she will cook you a burger. And I, I hear my husband says she makes a pretty mean hamburger. And so does Elizabeth. Elizabeth helps as well. But anyway, um, I always like to pray for the ladies after they give their testimony. So, Lord, we just come before you in um, just such gratitude for what you're doing in Juliet's life, Lord. And just for the people that you have surrounded her with, Lord. And Lord, I pray that as she gets um, ready to complete this program, Lord, that you would just fill her with confidence, that confidence of who she is in Christ, Lord. And that is the only thing that defines her, nothing else, Lord. And I pray that she would just, she would be part of that great cloud of witness for somebody else, Lord, that you would um, put people in her path, Lord, that she would be bold to just point to you, Lord. And I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the next person we're going to hear from is Janine. And... Uh, Janine is getting ready to complete in April, April 19th. I know she's counting those days down. <laughs> um, and her, uh, she's blessed to have her family here today as well. Um, and so this will be the first time that they're going to be hearing her testimony. So please. Um, but Janine is one of those um, students in our program that left her kids at home. She has children back home. And I, it's been incredibly difficult for her. To, to be away from them. Um, but she has persevered, and she is doing it. And we are so incredibly proud of her, and I know God is too. Um, so anyway, you're going to be blessed to hear her story. Thank you, Cheryl. Hi, my name is Janine. I'm a 36-year-old Native American enrolled in the Chippewa Cree tribe. I was born up in Haver and raised up in Rocky Boy. I was raised in the Lord by my grandmother. And... I knew nothing, I just knew of the Lord, and then when she died when I was 15 years old, I emancipated myself, got my GD, and went and found my mother in Spokane, Washington, where I've been living ever since, but I also turned my back on God. I lived in darkness, and um, I thought everything was fine, I didn't need him, and 2007, I was drinking and driving, and I was eluding, and I uh, really blacked out, and I got in a really bad car accident. I got resuscitated, and I was in a coma, and I woke up, and um, from that moment I woke up, I really felt God's healing power just restore my body. I was in a wheelchair, and I had to learn how to rewalk, and from that moment on, I, continue, I turned my life around, and I lived for God. I went on to college for three and a half years in addiction studies, and I had the American dream. We had the family, the dog you know, the, the career and stuff, and we stopped putting God first in our life. 
and our and our life slowly went backwards. It's you know addiction, domestic violence, and um, we finally split up after all that time. And um, he chose God, and I chose the other way. I lived in darkness, and um, I took a break from my life, and I began using due to my chronic pain. And um, 2015, I got a meth charge here in Missoula, Montana. I thought it was the end of my life. I couldn't be redeemed, you know. I went to college for nothing. And um, so anyways, I got arrested, and I went to secular rehab once, and they said I manipulated the system because I had the knowledge. But I was, you know, in and out there quickly, but I didn't need a treatment. I needed a spiritual healing. So I uh, got out. I went back home, and... um, it just wasn't the same, you know, and our family was split up. I mean, although the kids were there and stuff, but I turned my back and I began in darkness again. I relapsed and um, I was really suicidal. I was in a really, really dark place. I didn't want to be alive. And um, God had different plans. He picked me up. I went to jail. I stopped checking in and um, I went to jail. And while I was in jail, I got a visit saying that my mom hit black ice and died. And it was like my worst fear that came alive. And I just felt like I was in a fog. And um, I got bailed out. I was able to take her home and bury her. After that, I had a breakdown. And I, um, God just put it heavy on my heart to go back to jail because nothing seemed real and I didn't want to be alive. And when I made it to Missoula County and I just cried out to God, I was like, God, help me. He led me to 2 Corinthians He's the father of all comfort. He comforts those who are in need of comfort so that they themselves can comfort others. The moment I cried out to God, he opened the doors for me to come into Teen Challenge. He orchestrated the steps and the people in my life. When I first got to Teen Challenge, I was like, what am I doing? I can't spend a year here. (laughs) And uh, and, uh, I just thank God that he gave me that strength just to continue to stay there, you know, and I was in a fog, I still didn't, and so I would be like, I was in Teen Challenge, I was like, I can't hear God, like something's happening to me, I can't feel him, and um, eventually I just pressed into God and gave him my grief and my sorrow, and he really, really took that off of my heart, and um, it's been a year, a little over a year now that I've been in Teen Challenge, and God has really been restoring my family. I thank God that they're able to be here today and just listen. He's, I thank God for Fred. He's one of the person that really um, believed in me and just stuck by my side. And I just, um, God has really given me my dreams back because now I want to live. I want to go back to college to get my bachelor's in addiction studies and just so that I could help other people. And while also why I've been in Teen Challenge, I just really learned a lot. He's just really changed, changed me from within, something I couldn't do myself. So now he's just, um, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, he's let light, let light shine into darkness. You know, from that death, there was a new birth, and I just recently found out. Well, I didn't find out, but I just recently became a grandma. The baby's two months old, so, um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, will you guys indulge me for a moment? Would Janine's family come up here so that we I just pray over everybody? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm putting you guys on the spot, but I, 
I just want you guys to get a picture of what a restored family looks like. Somebody who's pressed in and gone through our program. And this is what it looks like. It's a pretty beautiful thing, huh? So I just want to pray, and sorry, I'm guilt. I'll try not to get too emotional today. <laughs> um, but Lord, we do. We just come before you, and I'm just, yeah, God, you are so awesome. And there's there's just nothing too difficult for you. We are never ever too far gone for you, Lord, ever. And Lord, I just um, lift up this entire family to you, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you would just continue just the restoration process in this family, Lord. I pray blessing over them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray protection around them against the enemy in the name of Jesus, Lord. This family is is yours. You are at the center. They have put you there. And Lord, I just um, just lift this entire family up and Janine and the future that you have for them, Lord, and the plans that you have. They're good plans, Lord. So I pray that they would just move forward with hope in their heart and encouragement and just great expectation for what you're going to do in and through each one of them, Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. So next, we're going to have um, a few ladies come up and do their truth and reality. What's reality? Reality is being born into a broken marriage, being a product of rejection, and never really knowing what real love is, which eventually leads you to an addiction that lasts longer than a decade. Reality is not caring about anyone or anything except heroin, which leads you to nine secular rehabs, seven jail stays, four overdoses, being stabbed five times, raped twice, and getting two DUIs. Reality is not only killing yourself slowly, but destroying your family, just waiting for someone or something to intervene. How do I know this was reality? Because this was my reality. Reality is, reality is, um, after my divorce, I felt very hurt, angry, not good enough, and mentally abused. Reality is liking the numbing feeling of pain pills, alcohol, while combating some of my worst fears, and slowly destroying my family and making them feel insecure. And reality is pushing everybody away. The world kept on turning, and I was very, very lonely, and trying to restore my family, and that is my reality. Reality is finding a way of escaping the brokenness of your childhood by losing yourself to drugs and alcohol by age 14. Reality is carrying three children to term and medically overdosing with each one of them, praying that somehow God would forgive them or forgive you, protect them from the mother who could not. Reality 
is living a life in silent addiction where you're the only one that knows that the seemingly successful life that you're living is really made up of false victories. It's where your husband, your church family, and your best friend of nearly two decades has no idea that the weight that you wake up to every morning made up of shame, guilt, and insecurity is only temporarily relieved by constant substance abuse. How do I know this is reality? Because this was reality for me. Truth is, I know I'm the daughter of the Most High, and I've been called into God's kingdom. Truth is, I'm not only called to love everybody, but God is softening and transforming my heart every single day. Truth is, someone did intervene. I got arrested on August 30th, 2018. Sorry. Now I get to walk through the fire every single day because God bailed me out with his son's blood and my family's being restored. The truth is, I'm a child of God. Christ has strengthened my mind, and the Lord will never betray me. The truth is, the Lord gives me strength. Every day, I feel more joy and more alive than I ever have being sober. The truth is, I'm 59 years old. I entered Teen Challenge September 20th, 2018. I figure with Jesus, it's never too late to start over. The truth is, we're all broken. It doesn't matter the home that you come from. We will all inevitably lose ourselves to something until we find ourselves in Christ. The truth is, we serve a God who delights in answering prayers for the purpose of his glory. Not only were all three of my children born healthy, but they're now flourishing. The truth is, on July 29th of 2018, the silence was broken. My cry for help nearly ended in suicide. But... With every secret exposed, the light of Jesus was now shining in every area. With the love of our church and the strength of Christ, my husband and I were able to make the hardest decision of our lives. On August 16th of 2018, I walked through the doors of Teen Challenge and my life was forever changed. We sacrificed our family for the sake of Christ and now we have a secure future because he's in charge. Jesus said that you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. So, Lord, I just come before you and lift up each one of these beautiful women. And the truth is, it is never too late. Never too late. And thank you that you are a God who's in the business of restoring and redeeming and giving back double what the enemy has stolen. And so I pray that over these women, Lord. Just blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. I, never, I, I always get emotional over that. <laughs> I pray that my heart would always be soft, and never get hard in hearing these stories. Um, we're going to show a quick 
video um, regarding our sponsorship program. After that video, our um, outreach coordinator, Danielle, will come up and, and talk a little bit about what our, our sponsorship program looks like. But um, we have just a few ways, if you guys are interested in partnering in our ministry and helping us financially, and one of those is you know, to be a monthly regular supporter. Um, it's through our student sponsorship program. Um, and then we also have what we call friends and family. And so each one of these students have family and friends that uh, contribute each month towards their program. Um, and then of course, one of the most important ways you can partner in our, in our ministry is to pray for us. Um, we covet your prayers. We are in a spiritual battle every single day every day at that center you guys it's it's crazy what the enemy tries to come in and do every single day so if you would partner with us in that way and lift us up in your prayers we would be so grateful thank you pacific northwest adult and teen challenge is a faith-based drug and alcohol recovery program with the power to change lives when i was a teenager uh, I was rebellious and started using drugs experimentally, which ultimately led to a 13-year addiction to opiates. After countless tries to quit on my own and get my life back, I decided to enroll myself into Adult and Teen Challenge in Portland. I've learned that God forgives us no matter what. He has amazing grace, and ultimately, He forgives you for everything. I now have high hopes for my future, I have my life back, and a great career opportunity ahead of me. Graduating from Adult and Teen Challenge is not an easy accomplishment. This is a life-changing discipleship program. Our students are faced with spiritual battles on a daily basis, and every encouragement makes a difference. We want to invite you to be a part of their success. We want to invite you to become a student sponsor. When you sponsor a student at Adult and Teen Challenge, you're partnering with an individual who's becoming a new creation. When you sign up, we will assign you to one of our students and send you a photo and profile of the student that you will be sponsoring. Every few months, you will receive an update about your student's progress so you can continue to pray for them and see that beyond your financial support, you are helping to change their life. You'll have opportunities to meet and encourage your student at Adult and Teen Challenge events. And when your student completes the program, you will receive a personal invitation to attend and celebrate at their completion ceremony. Most of all, we urge you to write and encourage your student. Your letters will remind them that someone cares and that their community supports them. Your prayers will help move the mountains in their path and help them stay focused on their journey towards freedom. Many students say that the letters and notes they received gave them hope and encouragement at just the right time. The first time I received a card from my sponsor was on a day that I was ready to give up and quit the program. Reading that card gave me the encouragement I needed to stay in the program and keep going. Knowing that people were out there praying for me besides just my family gave me the encouragement to press on. The cost to provide housing, counseling, and other recovery services to a student in our program is over $2,500 each month. Most students could never afford to pay that out of pocket. So our ministry is supported by gifts from friends and family, our vocational training programs, and the generous support of donors like you. For $35 per month, you can sponsor a student and your entire gift will help provide recovery services to your student. By committing just $35 a month, you can help to change the life and future of a Teen Challenge student. 
To become a student sponsor, simply fill out a sign-up form or give us a call to start supporting a student at your local Adult and Teen Challenge campus today. So, like Cheryl said, my name is Danielle. I'm the Outreach Coordinator at the uh, Missoula campus. And it is such a great privilege um, to be a part of this ministry and get to walk alongside all these amazing women. Um, I'm constantly learning. They're teaching me. God is refining um, all the time. So I'm not going to take much time. This is a really great video. It explains it pretty well. Um, but just so that you know, um, we'll be back here with more information about sponsorship. So if there's been a stirring in your heart this morning and you're like, how can I get involved or how can I participate? This is a great opportunity to move from being a spectator into being a participant. Um, it really does matter. Just walking alongside these women as a sponsor, it really, really does matter. I see the days that these girls open letters from their sponsors um, and see the smiles on their face when they get words of encouragement. So just knowing that not only your financial gift um, for per month, but also the letters you write, the prayers that you pray for them, just to walk alongside them on this journey in their recovery, it really does matter. So anyway, I'm going to let them finish here. But please, if there's a stirring in your heart, you want to know more, come talk to me back there today. We can talk about that more. And thanks again for having us today. Thank you so much. So oh. 